Hi, I'm Chris McBrien, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome. And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 70, Contact Movie Review. Brian here, along with Yancey Eaton, it's Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. And yes, we are back after a long hiatus. Yancey, welcome back to the show, my friend. We're back. Woo. Yes. Oh, Chris, man, oh, thank man. you for having me back. Um, I say this every single time we have a hiatus, um, just because I always feel so like incredibly guilty about it. But once again, this wasn't Chris's uh, doing. This was more of mine. Just a lot of unforeseen things always come up in life. And, you know, that's just the way life is. But especially with work, um, my schedule's just been absolutely crazy. And like there's been multiple times where I would work five or six nights in a row. And then, you know, I hadn't seen my wife and it was our anniversary weekend. And, you know, we were supposed to record. And Chris is, you know, always understanding and empathetic and he just puts like the big picture stuff you know you make you make things that are more important more important chris and you never give me a hard time about not being able to record but i hate it i hate missing shows um i feel like i get out of my element and uh, uh this is another thing i've said before in the past too but it is so nice when we don't get to record a show and our listeners reach out to us uh either they're they're hitting me up on twitter or on facebook or they're sending us emails or text messages or or, or what have you but just to get that feedback from you guys and let us know that hey people actually do listen to this and they enjoy it and they want more of it um pretty encouraging but uh I agree. Uh, I, got, I Well, I got a bunch of emails and tweets as well. And people were like, hey, man, what's going on with the show? And people are so nice. Like, they're like, you know, hey, I understand, you know, it's it's a labor of love. And, you know, but, but when are you coming back? You know, like we, we miss you, you know, kind of thing. So it's just wonderful. I just love that. And then even uh, Caveman reached out to me, too. Our, our Of course, our great, great friend, Caveman. And he was like, hey, man, when are you coming back? I really miss the show and this and that. And, you know, maybe, you know, I'm available to come on sometime if you want to have me back again. I was like, of course, you're going to come back on. He's like our greatest guest ever right so he he said to me he said maybe we could do a show on heist movies and then he could come on he was like hint hint we could do that and i think it's a good idea the only problem i have with that i think is that like how many heist movies are there we usually do like top fives okay we all agree it's oceans 11 we're done and then i could be like oh wait a minute no 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 I mean the one from 1960 with Frank Sinatra. That's the only thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, there's the show. So I don't know. I mean, we could certainly, certainly look at that, but uh, we're definitely having K-Man back on again sometime soon. Sure. In terms of what's going on in my life, I have a couple of things and you're going to be so proud of me, I think, of one I'm of these things. I'm always proud of you, Chris. That's a, that's a trick question. So, I'm, I'm always proud of you. Oh yeah, whatever. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, you're, you're proud, like uh, proud of the old guy uh, because I haven't died yet. That's right, because I'm so old. Um, okay, so I got a Roku stick and it's on my TV upstairs in our bedroom and i know how you feel about having a tv in your bedroom your wife doesn't like that but we have one in ours and so what i do is sometimes at night and if my wife goes to sleep early i've been i've been putting on netflix and you know what i started watching is the office oh wow i chris i am actually really I proud know, of you like yeah wow because i was like okay i'm gonna watch Happy days from start to finish. I'm no, no. I'm going to watch WKRP every single episode again. Oh no, I'll go back and watch Cheers. Everything. I thought, ah, you know what? I had to do something for the friggin' millennial for once, and I'm going to watch The Office. So I've been. I started right from the very first one, and I've. I think like the first one is the first series is only like 
uh, first season rather is only six episodes and then i think i'm into two or three in ep- in season two so i'm just chugging along slowly but i really like that show it's really 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 good so i gotta give give some credit. i'm not just saying this just to be agreeable and i i think our history and our rapport back and forth shows that we don't care about necessarily being agreeable with each other or, or agreeing at all but i am so happy and so proud of you for actually like really watching it and listening to it and giving it a chance like i never used to be a fan of that type of comedy until i did start watching it and then uh i just became hooked and it's one of those shows like uh you know it's a recurring thing with me but i like the fact that they are so rewatchable and it's become like a crutch as far as like if i'm having a bad day and i, I can't think of anything to watch or i just want to be like idly uh, almost like soothed or like coaxed into sleep or something i, I just turn on the office and i love it so I'm I'm proud of you. I mean, yep. you've watched Breaking Bad, you've watched The Office, you've watched, you know, a dozen really shitty sci-fi movies. Like this is huge for you. You're like a completely different person now. I know. It's very good. And so and then um to put things in perspective, just to cuz I got to keep everything balanced cuz I still got to swing back to the Gen X stuff. So what I did was I said my son and I, my son is 8, and then my other son's 5. And my other my son is 5. He's just too young. He doesn't like watching movies, right? But my 8-year-old loves watching movies. So I'm always like, you know, oh, we got to watch this Gen X movie. We got to watch that one. So it was like last weekend and we, it was like Saturday and we got done dinner and then he's like, let's watch a movie together. So we came downstairs. I got a big screen TV, 60 inch TV down here in the basement. And uh, so I come downstairs and we turn off all the lights and we put a movie on. And I said, you know what? I got a movie for us to watch. And so I put it on and I put on the princess bride and it was unbelievably magical to watch him watch that movie because at the beginning he was just like that kid in the movie that's played by Fred Savage, who's like, I don't know if I like this, daddy. I don't know. This isn't the, and then once Andre, the giant was on there. And once there was like all the, the shrieking eels. And so he's like, Oh, I, I kind of like this daddy. And it was just magical. Mm-hmm. And then my five-year-old came down and snuggled in beside me. And he sat there and watched the whole movie too. So the three mm-hmm. of us down here in the basement watching on the big screen, the princess bride. And it was just magical when you can share those gen x movies you know with your your young kids it's something magical it's i don't know there's something about it was really good and now me and my my son uh we're constantly quoting the movie all the time he he just loves facili and we're like you know um the cliffs of insanity and we yell it at each other in the house and stuff and you know even at breakfast he'll be like dad never match wits with a sicilian when death is on the line like he's it's just oh it's just so great so i'm assuming that you've seen this movie have you uh you would assume wrong i've i've never seen i know that's bad are you kidding me i've never seen it i don't even know how to start with you how could you've never seen the princess bride oh man i just i I just haven't i was too busy i don't know doing other things i told you i've told you this before like when i was a kid like we were like outside kids like the last thing my mom wanted like there were four of us and we were all two years apart so the last thing she wanted especially like during the weekends and summer breaks was us being in the house just absolutely destroying stuff so she'd let us outside she'd give us a bottle of water she'd lock the door and like we would go have our fun like i did not watch a bunch of movies when i was growing up I have nothing. To, I have Pity nothing me. to say. You're proud of me. I'm not proud of you, young man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, you ready to get started in uh, with your movie review? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Nancy, what the hell are you doing to me? There's a girl topless in it. I mean, I'm sure you, you probably have seen it. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Spoilers yeah. ahead. But he was not my favorite pilot of any of these Star Wars movies. That, of course, was was Porkins. He might be one of my favorite actors. That's some good. Shit. I think that's fair. I do think that's fair. The fact that we're kind of nerds. Textbook nerds. I thought I was looking at my mother's old 
but that's in Ohio. How disappointed was your son whenever you said, I'm going to go take you to see Bare Naked Ladies? And he's like, oh, it's just a concert. What is going <laughs> on, man? Okay, so this week uh, you made me watch Contact from 1997. I had never seen the film, so it was good, you know, for me to go and watch this movie because every week it seems we're nominating films that the other has not seen. So I went and I watched this movie. And would you like to carry it uh, away for us? Yancy, would you like to start us off? Uh, Sure. So just to read the little byline uh, from IMDb, it says uh, Contact is from 1997. It's a drama mystery sci-fi and uh, it stars Dr. Ellie Arroway. It's played by Jodie Foster. After years of searching, she finds conclusive radio proof of extra intelligence, extraterrestrial intelligence, and they're sending plans for a mysterious machine. This was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who also did uh, Forrest Gump, which I know you have a little bit of like a salty uh, Mm -hmm. grudge against Forrest Gump. It's been well documented on this show. Yeah, I don't like it. Um. I think it's an interesting movie. It's uh, it, it gives you more questions than it does answers, as is the case with a lot of alien sci-fi. Um, even though you don't really see aliens in this movie, spoiler uh, as always, but um, it's a weird movie. Um, it's an imperfect movie. Uh, there's some things in this that I wish they would have done differently, but overall, I think it's the premise is incredibly interesting and uh, it's actually pretty rewatchable. So, what do you think about the movie? Man, I don't know how to say this. Man, Yancy, you really like some weird. Sh- I do. You really <laughs> this is, do. This is factual, yes. Yeah, so it's I don't know I don't know what to say. Um okay, so this this is this is going to be my take on it, okay? First of all, when I told my my wife was always like, "Okay, oh, what did uh what did Yancy nominate for the movie this week?" and I'm like, "Oh, it's Contact." It's, you know, and then she's like she the first thing she always does is she'll go to like IMDb and like read it, right? And then she's like Oh, no, another science fiction movie from Yancey. <laughs> oh, man. She's like, this is going to be boring. I don't want to watch it. Wait a minute. Matthew McConaughey's in it. Oh, I guess maybe we could watch it. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, because she just loves Matthew McConaughey, right? So she thinks he's yep. super hot. Um, here's the thing. I'm watching the movie, and it goes through my – something kind of dawned on me, and then I just got to share you. So first of all, the first thing that dawned on me was I feel like I've seen this movie already like several times. Um, and you know, it's because these movies have these similar premises that you like. And I know you like sci-fi movies with like, you know, weird plots and things like that, but I tell you what, so here's the thing being the Gen Xer and being the guy who likes to watch those movies from the seventies and eighties over and over and over again, I always get blamed for watching the same movies over and over again. And I fully accept it because I totally do watch the same movies over and over again. But here's the thing, Yancey. You watch the same movie premise over and over again. That's what I'm going to, that's my takeaway on this. What do you think of that? On the, on the whole movie? That's, that's your take. <laughs> um, no, that's just one of my takeaways. We'll, I, we'll get into I, the I movie. Think, we'll get into the movie, but that's my takeaway. Uh, that was my first sort of, my first thought on this process. I think that's uh not, not to sound like su- like super like haughty or like defensive or something, but I think that's a, like a really oversimplification like simplification of the entire genre of movies that I like. Um, I think that they all kind of like point in the same direction as far as like um, looking outward, looking forward and trying to figure out what our place is and everything. Like, I, you know, the, the, the greatest questions we've ever asked ourselves, like in the history of mankind is who are we, where are we from and why are we here? And this is just another movie that does touch on that same thing. And most of my favorite movies, like you said, like like they do touch on that. That's the main theme of it is just trying to find like our place in all of it. I don't know. It's just a theme that I really appreciate and I identify with personally because um, we were just actually just talking off air. Um, you know, maybe if you guys subscribe, you know, for like a thousand dollars a month, we'll let you guys uh, listen to our conversations off air. Um, <laughs> it's a little it gets a little risque, but um, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not the same person I was a year ago or, or five years ago or definitely 10 years ago. You know, I've I've had the same job since I was 18 years old and now I'm almost 30 years old. And it's just weird how like my perception of things has completely changed. And instead of me constantly, um, you know, just wanting to look inward and focusing inward on myself, I like to take a step back and look on bigger picture things. And one of the things I love about this movie is um, Jodie Foster's character even says that in this Ellie, she talks about how um, this whole experience has left her feeling incredibly tiny and, and insignificant, but also incredibly rare and precious. And I think that kind of puts everything in perspective with me, like my love for astronomy, my love for just science fiction and, you know, origin theories and physics and all that stuff. It just kind of like, I don't know, it just feeds my mind in like a way that nothing else does. Like I'm a I'm a man that constantly has like a lot of existential crises like inside my head, just kind of formulating and uh Sounds like I'm on LSD right now. I'm not on LSD, but <laughs> it's, just, it's just weird. I'm, I'm the type of person, Chris, where like I look up and like I'm constantly wondering what else is out there. And so like I definitely do gravitate towards films that kind of poke at that and they, you know, they, they pull a little bit back. And um, I think this one, like like I said, albeit is 100 percent not a perfect film. Uh, there's a lot of things that I wish they had done differently as far as uh, casting and just uh the flow and the pace of it. I think there are scenes that could have been completely gutted. Uh, I don't really care for the ending, um, but it's the premise that just gets me every single time. It's the, it's the hook that brings me back. I will, I will say this, that I do think they did a pretty decent job of balancing. It's really tough to balance politics and science fiction and religion, or at least faith, right? Correct. Those yep. are, those are three real difficult things to balance individually, but let alone when you put all three of them into one movie. So, I mean, that's definitely a, like, you know, a lot to, to, to bite off. Um, so I guess, you know, f- for that, I'll give them some kudos. Uh, just going back to a couple of things that you said um, in terms of the casting, you said you felt some of the casting was wrong. I, I felt almost from top to bottom, especially with the leads. I didn't like the casting. So let's start with Jodie Foster. For me, I thought she was miscast in this. And here's the thing. I, I think Jodie Foster might be the best actress of her generation. Like she's that good. Like I wow, think that's, she, Oh, she's outstanding. Like, I don't necessarily disagree, but that is that's she, a hot take. Yeah. You just kind of like stick that in there, but I've I would really like to like discuss that. Yeah, and well, if you go back and well, okay, remember I made you go back and watch Taxi Driver, which was her first film, right? Mm-hmm. So she plays a 12-year-old prostitute in that movie and she was unbelievable. Iris was her character, remember? And she's just phenomenal in that. And if you go back and watch her in a movie, it wasn't a great movie, but her role in it was so good in The Accused. Like, she's good. And if you watch um, Silence of the Lambs, like, wow. <laughs> she, you, the thing is, if you go back and watch Silence of the Lambs, I think that we tend to think of Silence of the Lambs and you think of um, Anthony Hopkins' character, right? Hannibal mm-hmm. Lecter. And he's kind of the takeaway. Oh, you know, he stands out that movie. Go back and watch what she did in that movie. I think you might be really surprised. She is an unbelievably talented actress, like one of the best of her generation, I believe. That being said... I think she was the I think she's too too much of an actress for this part. I think this part called for somebody just like you said you you nailed it on the head that has to be insignificant. You know, like a small speck in this big big world. You know what I mean? And to mm-hmm. me she was a little bit too big. So there was that and Matthew McConaughey much to you know my wife will disagree with this, but he was completely miscast in this movie as far as I'm concerned. You were supposed I agree. To, we're supposed to buy him as a theologian or what is he a religious advisor to the president? I mean really? Really? Mm-hmm. Come on, he's He's a religious guy. It's Matthew McConaughey. Now I I know you've got to kind of put aside the Hollywood persona and you know buy into the character, but he just didn't do it for me. Didn't sell it in any way. I thought this guy is completely miscast. You know, they're, they're almost they were almost too good looking. 
I guess. You know what I, I mean? I, I agree with that. I also think that um, he, he was miscast in his role and they were miscast as like how they interacted with each other. I mean, some of the most awkward, clunky, um, unrealistic, unbelievable scenes are just the ones where they're, it's just the two of them together. I mean, even like the kissing was just like, uh, you know, even like 15 year old Yancey was like, wow, that dude does not know how to kiss. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> it it's, it's clunky. It's unbelievable. Um, just like the, like he talks about how like he gets his masters and then he drops out of school. I'm sorry, but who who gets their masters and then drops out of school? Like I didn't understand that. Like um, most people, that's the absolute apex. So what he didn't go get like his doctorate or something. Like I don't understand what that means. Like there's just a lot of like really corny like lines and just like little like side deviations of the plot. Like the eccentric billionaire that didn't have to be in this at all. Um, you know, just like the the crazy religious zealot, like the dude with like the dyed hair, like. I mean, I understand, like, I think the point that they were trying to make was showing that how, like, um, whenever presented with information, like, people are always going to react in, like, a, a bunch of different ways, right? There are, there are so many different ways that people can take things. Either they become emboldened in their faith or they become defensive or uh, they give up everything that they knew in the past. And, like, you know, they show the scene where, like, everybody's in the, the desert or whatever next to all of these satellite dishes. And there's people who are of every religious affiliation or lack of an affiliation like uh, Nazis and, and Native Americans and, um, you know, just all these crazy religions and stuff. And they're all they're trying to make this movement about them. And like it's a direct communication to them or it's an indictment on another religion. And it's, you know, a testament to theirs. And I, I actually really enjoy that part. That's, you know, when it comes to big event, events like this, everybody tries to make it seem you know, to fit into their narrative. It, they want confirmation bias that only proves what is correct for them. And it touches on that a lot. And it also touches on the fact that, like, Jodie Foster's character, uh, she she prides herself on being, like, a woman of science who believes in reason and logic. And towards the end of the film, whenever she does go through, like, this incredible, you know, journey, you know, to the other side of the galaxy and, and meets these different entities, she's left with no proof. And that's the conundrum here. The paradox is that, you know, she's always kind of like held her nose to people who were, you know, people of faith because they believed in something that couldn't be proven. And then she coincidentally finds herself, you know, at the end of the film, basically testifying before Congress because this is something that they've spent, you know, three quarters of a trillion dollars building. And she comes back, you know, a mere seconds later with absolutely zero proof. So um, it, it plays to that a lot. It plays to what what is actual beliefs and what are what are our belief systems versus, you know, faith and proof. And um, I, I just thought like it was a really interesting back and forth where it switches on its head all the time. And I don't know, just kind of how Jodie Foster's character handled it. I would have loved it so much more if it were just about her and the science and like the journey itself and not stupid love stories and bureaucratic red tape and all of the religiosity that was in it. I wish it was just more about like a woman like discovering something. What do you think about that? Well, if it was, I guess the movie would probably only be like four minutes long, right? So maybe that's why they had to put that other stuff in there. I got to touch base on a bunch of stuff that you just mentioned because you really, really I know. touch base on I a lot call. of things. I know. No, no, like you, but you, you mentioned a couple of really, really <laughs> important things that I think we need to talk about. So the first one is you mentioned about the kissing scene and about how it was not believable. I got to tell you, the only part my wife liked was the kissing between Matthew McConaughey and Jodie Foster. I think probably because she just wants to <laughs> fantasize about kissing Matthew McConaughey, which, I, you know, I guess I can live with. I mean, it's better than if she was fantasizing kissing Jodie Foster, I guess, but uh, right. maybe know, that's something else. Uh, so there was the kissing scene. That's one thing. The other thing, yeah, you mentioned about sort of the religiosity and, you know, the, the, the faith based stuff and how she was um more of a scientist and like he's the faith you know and all this and that and you mentioned about the senate thing so for me it's like in the senate hearing when they were trying to like determine 
who was going to, or was, I don't know if it was the Senate or not. I think it was. But when they had the scene where trying to determine who's going to go on this trip. And they said to her, are you religious? Right. Mm-hmm. Remember they asked her that question. So first right. of do all, you believe in God. Yeah, yeah. Do you believe in God. So, so mm-hmm. first of all, um, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm, you know, I'm Canadian, right? So I'm, I'm from the outside looking in. Like, I mean, but Wait, I, are I, you? I, yeah, I know it's hard to believe, you know, but, but <laughs> what, what is this all about? I know. Um, but listen, so I'm, I do really pay attention closely to uh, American politics, as you know, like I'm just a junkie for news and politics and history and all that stuff. And like with the amount of lies that I saw people t- tell to Senate committees in the last year has been mind boggling to me. So if someone is going to be asking a question like, do you believe in God? You know what her answer should have been? It's none of your business. That should have been her answer. But again, I know it doesn't play into the, you know, the movie and all that kind of thing. Well, I think she I mean, she didn't say it just in that light, but she did try to be a little bit defensive and talk about how, like, she believes, you know, she believes in, like, the process and the scientific method. And And, like she does say, like, I'm, you know, towards the end of her conversation, she says, like, I'm struggling to find the relevance of this question. Like, what what does Mm -hmm. my my viewpoints on on God or a higher power, my, you know, my affiliation with religion, what does that have to do with me going on this scientific expedition of which I am the discover of you see what i'm saying well like, I, guess, I just like get that like yeah i mean the reason why we notice now again spoiler alert the the, the reason why is matthew mcconaughey brought it up to instill doubt in everybody so that she wouldn't go because he loves her didn't want her to go in space because time moves at a different speed up there so she'd come back 50 years later and by the way that's another thing why i feel that i've watched this movie before is because that whole idea of time elapsing at different speeds very interstellar it's yes. like it was like interstellar all over again i'm like oh man i'm watching this movie yes i've seen it. i really like this movie the last time i saw it um but uh so there was that and then the other thing was like when you mentioned about she she didn't she came back and didn't have any proof but remember mm-hmm. remember the scene at the end at the very end of the movie they you realize that they did have proof because james wood admits his character admits that they had 18 minutes of static on, on the tape. So it proves a couple things. It proves, number one, that James Woods, by the way, is a d- Um and, and by the way, I'm, I don't even mean his character. Just in real life, man. That guy's, that guy, that guy's an idiot. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's so mean-spirited, that guy. And, and, and the thing is, so he's, he's perfectly well cast in this. A dishonest national security advisor? Yeah. I mean, oh, come on, Yancey. I got to believe that he's, you know, who's going to buy a dishonest national security advisor? There's no, they're always such a above board. <laughs> Mike Flynn, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the whole thing, I tell you, I don't know. Carl Sagan, though, wrote this book. Did you, did you have you read any of Carl Sagan's stuff? Because it seems like that'd be something you'd be interested in, even though he's um, a Gen X guy. That's a Gen X, big time Gen X thing is, is Carl Sagan. Um, but have you ever read his stuff? Or are you familiar with his work? Um, yeah, I am actually pretty familiar. He, um, like, I, I wouldn't say that he's the most, uh, like, progressive or, like, groundbreaking, but he was kind of the one who brought a lot of astrophysics into, like, the mainstream or is as mainstream as it's going to get. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've I've read, uh, like, a pale blue dot and stuff. I've read a couple things of his, like, more of excerpts and stuff. I haven't written, you know, full books and stuff, but, I mean, he's basically, like, the godfather of, like, modern, like, astrophysics and cosmology, like, He's he he's like uh, I'm trying to think of like who would like the godfather of like astronomy would be, but um, that's basically him. So I mean, I I don't even know how to like segue this into like another question and kick it back to you. Um, I I whereas like I like that I find like similarities between this and like other movies like you mentioned Interstellar. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy that type of thing and like with you like if you 
like especially if you didn't like a pass home if you find links between them i've noticed that like that's generally a negative thing would you agree with that i'm sorry what was that again so like if you find links or like um characteristics that are similar between two films right. like for instance this one versus interstellar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i see that especially if i like the film but like i see that as almost like a an homage or like a you know like a credit to another movie and i enjoy that type of stuff in films oh, yeah, but i've can... noticed with you like yeah. do, do you really though because i i feel like maybe it's just because it's movies that you don't like but for the most part like you'll you'll find like if it's derivative or similar to another movie i, I almost feel like you don't appreciate that would you agree with that at all or no no i don't think so if it's done properly done as as you said the word you use was an homage if it's done as an homage i think it's great mm-hmm. um you brought up on the podcast numerous times that um you know just when you think something's new you're like oh wait a minute because i usually am the one that steps on your toes there i'm like whoa, 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 whoa no wait a minute like, you know the simpsons did it remember that like I, i'll be yeah. like no 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 that was done you know from a movie in you know the 60s or the 70s or something like that and so i'm okay with that i'm okay with homages it's just that i think that my takeaway like i said just to go back to my original point is that you know you and a lot of other people tweet at me and send me emails and say all you do is watch the same movies over and over again yes i do but so does yancy <laughs> you know yancy you know also just watches the same movie premise over and over again it's like i've seen this movie three times already just with different titles as far as i'm concerned you know um what was another part i was going to make uh, when you were talking about, oh so that the what, what do they call that thing that space machine thingy that they get kind of created with the rings spinning around and all that did it ever have a name i don't even know i can't remember offhand to be honest with you so the, the thing that got because you mentioned it, it it triggered it when you mentioned the guy with the blonde hair kind of like the the terrorist or whatever right so w- when the terrorist blew it up remember when he had that bomb and then like he blows the whole thing up and whatever right he like sneaks in he dresses up yeah. as like a, a, a worker Maintenance yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, and then he's got like bombs strapped to him and all this explosive, and then boom, he blows it up. So what got me was like, okay, so that happens, like, oh wow, okay, and then I, I almost had to laugh because then they're like, oh no, it's okay, we built a second one, it's it's right over here, and then Correct. it's like what, and then and then it's like this, it's all like a big secret one minute, and then the next minute it's like it's on CNN. So I'm like, I I don't get this. I so that part kind of threw me for a loop. You know, like to me, I just felt a little contrived and stuff like that. So I don't know. I that's one of the prime examples of, of like you mentioned contrived. I think that's a perfect word where it doesn't make any sense that you're building a machine that costs, like they said, three quarters of a trillion dollars. But you just so happen to have like a secondary one that is completely just ready to go at the exact same time, despite the fact that it costs so much to make. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you're you're spending trillions you know over one and a half trillion dollars on two different machines by the way it's also in japan and yet despite it being in japan they're just going to let the americans use it you're just going to send an american that's how that's going to work i that doesn't make any sense you know it's just um there's lots of little plot holes like that like you know that that one's the best example i think but the one that really like gave me a lot of pause with this was the like not the very ending, but whenever she actually does transcend, you know, time and space and she goes off to Vega and and actually walks on the beach and stuff. Um, yes, it's a green screen. Um, I thought it looked cool, though. I thought it was like a, you know, like a glowing like phosphorescent beach. <clears throat> Excuse me. And like, you know, you still see like the universe and like the, you know, the Milky Way and the stars and stuff. I thought it was cool looking. The fact that they represent, you know, the aliens are represented physically by like uh, an image or like a hologram of her father. And they use the justification that, like, it would be easier for her to, like, understand or to accept it. I, again, another cop out where it's like you didn't create you did. You didn't give like a physical representation of like this life form. You didn't give us any answers. You basically just like took a part of her memories and just made a fake representation to it and then 
didn't answer any of her questions whatsoever. You didn't answer who they are or how many of them there are. She asks, are there more? And he says, oh, yeah, there's many more. Well, why are we doing this? Because we've done it for billions of years. Like, these are so non-answers. And I don't know. I, I kind of felt like that was a cop-out. Like, you've built this yeah. up so much, and then you don't tell us who these people are or what they look like or, you know, you're literally left. I said this at the top of the show. You're left with more questions than you are answers. Um, so, like, I really appreciate the journey that this movie takes. Um, but it does. The ending does leave me, you know, kind of feeling a little bit flat. Did you kind of feel that yeah, way? Yeah, well? I know what you're saying because, in, in a way, you know, you can tell that that it came out in 1997. And here's why: because then in that scene, you know, they said that the aliens sort of scanned her brain and went through her memories to find out what she liked. So they knew how to project an image, you know, of her dad to talk to her because if it had come out today, that movie, they would have used some sort of data scraping firm to go through her social media to find out what <laughs> yes. she liked. Right. And then James Woods would have come out and told her to vote for Trump. Right. So that's what happened right there. Correct. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a little bit weird because she went through like this wormhole in space and all that. Like I said, you know, you really like some weird bro. I mean, there's, I do. No, there's no question. But um, yeah, so it was really, really weird. And I'm just wondering, like, like, because I, I was a little bit shocked by the whole thing. Like, what was the, what the hell was that all about? Was it like the wormhole thing? Was it was it supposed to be like she went to heaven so that she could be convinced to believe in God? Is, is that what you, is that what you think? Is what the hell happened? Um, I don't think so. uh, that, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like this, this whole movie plays a lot with the idea of of belief systems and like what you think of as far as like blind faith essentially and like it even talks about it at the end whenever you know that congressional committee or whatever is is you know interviewing her like they, they talk about like are you expecting us to just believe this on faith kind of thing so like they beat this in your head over and over again just like you know interstellar does with time it's the same kind of principle of just absolutely bashing in your head but i just don't i i if that's the only point that they're trying to make that like you know god does exist like that's one hell of a way to do it where you you make this you, you you send out like these really cryptic messages and then people decipher them they build a machine they transcend time and space like i mentioned and come and visit you but you only represent yourself as a hologram derived from their memories and then you don't give them any specific answers and then you send their ass back that <laughs> if that's if that's <laughs> If that's what the movie is trying to say God is, like I'm I'm really confused, to be honest with <laughs> I you. Know. And 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 I'm just left with more questions than answers. And this is one of those things too where like um I'll take your ideas just because you can articulate them better than I can take my positive ideas. And like I'll end up talking mostly negative stuff about this movie. Like it has a lot of problems, but in the end I still think it's just like really freaking cool. Yeah, I guess I thought I know it was trying to be clever too, with its sort of almost Zelig type oh, and that's a Gen X uh reference that you're not going to get but it was just sort of this this use of like like bill clinton's in the movie and larry king and all these other news people i, I think like i know they were trying to make it seem real i guess but to mm -hmm. me that seemed a little contrived too what about you no i agree um some of the critiques that like if you go in like rotten tomatoes whatever one of the things they say is like holy like really bad editing and photoshop and whatever like to try to like supplant bill clinton into this movie like they do it multiple times and like they literally have him like superimposed and like you know, like a, a shot, like right next to an, another person. And it, it doesn't fit. It doesn't look natural. It's it's it takes away from the film, to be honest with you. It's super distracting. Um, and there was there was lots of weird stuff in that throughout the film. Like like you said, they were trying to inject like the cultural zeitgeist into it and like mm -hmm. give you like like points of reference. To, like, oh, yeah, like we're in this time frame because, look, it's Bill Clinton or it's, you <laughs> right. know, this rush. And I don't know, like that part just didn't work for me. They're like, um, 
this is this is the type of film where, um, like I said, I love the premise. Man, would this really do well with a remake? I think with a different cast, um, with a different kind of like director, a different vision. Maybe put a little bit more money behind it, more practical um, as opposed to like CGI type of stuff, less green screen. Mm-hmm. Like this could really be like a very very cool movie if you like really went back and, and spent some time on it. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the the director because you know Zemeckis is he's an interesting director when you think about it. You know, to mm-hmm. to direct this type of film, you mentioned him directing Forrest Gump, but like to me, I will always know Robert Zemeckis from Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know what I mean? Like, so those were like, those were the movies that I think of when I think of Robert Zemeckis and he seems like an odd guy to direct this one. But the one thing that I did like though was um, right near the end, I think she says, um, if it's just us out there, it seems like an awful waste of space. And that's a quote from Carl Sagan. You know, obviously he wrote this, you know, or this this is based on, you know, one of his works. He, he was dead by the time this came out. But that's that's a line that I like. I like that mm-hmm. line a lot. And and well, just, they, they, they repeat it multiple times, yeah. too. Matthew McConaughey's character says it to her. Her dad says it to her at the beginning of the yeah. film. Yeah. And then you were mentioning about uh, astrophysics and things like that. Like, uh, and, and who you said Carl Sagan is kind of. What Carl say to put things in perspective for your generation, Carl Sagan is to Gen X with this stuff, kind of like Stephen Hawking is to millennials. You know what I mean? Like he really brings things to the forefront. Like he was, he brought things to the mainstream and kind of put it into pop culture, you know, like this whole idea of, you know, time and space and kind of where everything, how it all works. And it kind of say it's pretty cool. So mm-hmm. um, overall, what would you rate this movie out of 10? Um, you obviously like it. I mean, you nominated, so you obviously like this movie a lot. I'm assuming, like, why? I do. Right? I do like it, and I think, um, you know, if we had to go back and list every single movie, I really should do that, like, on a spreadsheet or something. Just like list all the movies that I've reviewed of my own and your movies as well. Just, just kind of like go back and have like a, you know, like a post mortem on them and like rethink about them and hash and see how like my thought process has changed, my opinions have changed on them. But um, of the films that I have suggested on this podcast, this is probably like one of my least favorite. Um, I still really, really enjoy it, and I thought that it would be kind of interesting to talk about because um, I know you said that it, it's the same movie that you've seen three or four times of mm-hmm. the other movies, but like I do feel like this is like its own weird little movie um, that was – you know, it, it feels like distinctly like mid 90s. You know what I mean? Like it's a time capsule type mm-hmm. of movie where like anybody from the last, you know, next 30, 40 years will know roughly within a few years of when this movie was made. Um, it's it's weird. It's imperfect. I think if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, they give it like a 65. Um, IMDb has it as like a 70 percent, something like that. Um, so it's not great. Uh, I really like the premise. Uh, like I said, I think this is ripe for a remake, like 100 percent. But um, I would give it like a 7.5 out of 10. Oh wow! So pretty, pretty good. So seventy five percent. So I mean, it's all yeah. you know. B Personal plus. Enjoyment. I, mean, B I plus. wouldn't recommend it for everybody. Like I know there's a lot of people who would watch this film and not enjoy it at all. But I really, I really do like it. Hmm. If you, I'd probably give it around a five point five. Like I mean, okay, you know, just just where I'm at, you know, with that. Um, anyway, so uh, how about if I give you some trivia on this? Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's have some fun with Yancey. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to drop some trivia on you since you like this movie so much that, you know, you nominated it. So we mentioned the movie Yancey was directed by Robert Zemeckis, right? However, Roland Joffe was originally the director. He was slated to direct the film, but he dropped out. Yancey, can you name the 1984 film that Roland Joffe is best known for directing? Hint. I cannot. Hint. hint, I made you watch it on this podcast. Uh... It's about journalists from 1984. Oh, the killing field. 
There we go. Let's see. Well, I gave Was it that some. 1984 too? I, yeah. I can't remember. 1984. Yep. Okay. So um, we mentioned the the um, star power of Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey in this movie. But even with them, Contact was only nominated for one Academy Award, and that was Best Sound. Okay. And it even lost in that category to the movie that won Best Picture that year. Yancey, can you name the movie? that won the Best Picture Oscar and basically swept the awards in 1997. Oh, um... Tons of awards. Huge movie. Oh, uh, Silence of the Lambs? No, that was 93. 1997. Give me a hint, Chris. Oh, I have a real sinking feeling that you might not get this. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Titanic. Oh, sinking, you bastard. (laughs) Just, I just <laughs> telegraphed this stuff for you. You are such a dad. You're like a dad. <laughs> <laughs> you said you wanted a hint, so I gave you one. I don't know. To me, that sounds like a hint. I don't know. Uh, okay, so Carl Sagan, we mentioned him, and he wrote the book that was adapted into this movie. Now, but the thing is, Carl Sagan, as I mentioned, I kind of dropped his name a couple of times. He was most famous, not just for his writing, but he did a 13-part television series in 1980. Yancey. Can you name the television series that made Carl Sagan a household name? Cosmos. Yes! Oh, yes. It probably cost billions and billions of dollars, too. Um, he used to say that on the show all the time. Um, okay, beginning of the movie. By the way, I, I one thing I didn't mention was the first time, because we had so long to watch this movie, right? The first mm-hmm. time, <laughs> you're going to kill me. The first time that I went to watch this movie, I fell asleep. That doesn't surprise me. I was about an hour in. I fell asleep. Now, it's not just because I'm bored. It's because like I'm old, right? You know, because I'm just like this, you know, old, decrepit human being. So I fell asleep. But anyway, um, (laughs) in the beginning of the movie, bud, um, (laughs) Ellie, she was a little girl. Remember, she uses the ham radio and she's in Wisconsin and she uses this ham radio to contact somebody from a far away city. Do you remember the city that the person lived in that she contacted? I know it's in Florida. Yes, it's in your home state. That's why I thought, I, I thought you might get I it. I can't remember the exact town, so I'm going to say like Key West or Miami. No, it's you get, no, it's neither. It's Pensacola, Florida. Okay, so, that's yeah. another Florida city, so at least yeah. I got the state right. Okay, uh, Tom Skirt, he plays David Drumlin in this, okay? And John Hurt plays S.R. Haddon, right? That eccentric guy, right? Mm-hmm. In what, Yancey, in what 1979 science fiction film did Skirt and Hurt previously co-star together? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Chris. You know those two actors. You saw them in this movie. You know this other movie. They were in it together. It's Alien. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. I honestly, that's John. That's not John Hurt's the guy that the, the 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 thing came bursting out of his stomach. Remember the guy. Remember the guy in Alien who the the, the thing comes out of his stomach. That's the old guy, S.R. Haddon. Oh, no, you're you're I'm not I'm not disputing it. It's just it doesn't it doesn't strike a bell with me. I thought you haven't seen Alien, Chris. Yeah, well, yeah, but you loved Alien. So I figured you'd be able to get this. OK, so uh, uh, Tom Skirt, I just was talking about him. So his character in the movie, as I mentioned, is David Drumlin. Right. So mm-hmm. before they did the test run of the travel machine, the first one, right, the first mm-hmm. one, not the second one that we had hidden over here. But when they did before they did the test run, Drumlin, the character, he referred several times to the robot's name. Remember, they had a robot that was going to sit in there, and he says, we lovingly call him what name? Oh. What was the human name given to the robot that sat in for the test of the travel machine? I can't remember, but this is going to make me so upset. 
It was Elmer. 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 Yeah. Mm. Okay. So the last good trivia question. Yeah. yeah, Okay. So the last one. I'm going to give you four movies, and I want you to do me a favor and tell me what do the following films all have in common? Okay. Are you ready? Is this going to hurt my feelings? No, of course not. Con Air. (laughs) Con Air. Okay. My Best Friend's Wedding. Batman and Robin. And George of the Jungle. What do those four movies have in common? Uh, same again. Con Air. Mm-hmm. My Best Friend's Wedding. Okay. Batman and Robin. And George of the Jungle. Four movies have something in common. What do they have in common? Yes. Did they also come out in 1997? They did, but there's more to it than that. Well, hey, I got that part right. I feel great. They <laughs> they all made more money at the box office than content. <laughs> <Bastard>. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe it will hurt your feelings. Don't feel bad, though, Yancey, because Contact did make more money than Soul Food, Home Alone 3, and Good Burger. So you got that going for you. So wow, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, so that's it. That's all. That's what I got for you. I hope you nice trivia, it. Chris. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. You, you put a lot of work into this. It's really creative. Um, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I'm glad you enjoy it. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. So I really am oh, sorry. Um, so what I'm going to do is, and by the way, if anybody out there wants to reach us, you can reach us on Twitter at C McBrien, or you can reach Yancey at Yancey Eaton. You can go to popgoesyourworld.com. All our contact information's there. Shoot us an email, contact us. And it's time now for me to nominate a film for you to watch. And we're going to come back next week and discuss. I had another one in mind, but after our opening of the show i've changed course on this a little bit so what i'm going to do is i want you to go back in time young man to 1987 oh it was a great year i remember that year very well i was 17 and this movie came out and i just watched it with my sons and now you are going to watch it and it is the princess bride i want you to watch the princess bride and we're going to come back next week and we're going to talk about it because people uh from gen x uh, gen xers like me absolutely 100% for the most part most people I know we really love this movie so it's it's a very endearing film and there's quotes in it like you wouldn't believe and it's got everything going for it so and um, and you 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 never met Fred Savage who was it was it his brother who'd you meet one time I met Ben Savage Ben Savage okay yes. so Ben Savage's older brother I guess it is is Fred Savage from the Wonder Years and he's in this movie and I think you're really going to be shocked when you see him and you think you're just really going to enjoy it. I really think you're going to enjoy this movie, but I could be wrong. But it is a Gen X staple. So that's why I want to denominate it. OK, so you right, watch. Yeah, you watch The Princess Bride. We'll come back next week and we'll discuss it and we'll go from there. Yancey, it was great to get back in the studio with you again, my friend. Likewise, I looked forward to uh, just completely rambling and not making cohesive, you know, really concise thoughts and then having you struggle to kind of like pull the show together. So as always, thank you. You, you, (laughs) your back's tired from carrying me the entire show. No, it's not. It's the, it's the (laughs) other way around. The millennial has to carry me because I'm the old man. And luckily I made it through another show without dying. So we got that going for me. So cheers. uh, Yeah. You know, one of these days (laughs) I'm going to die from old age on you and then you'll be like really shocked. Uh, But anyway, listen, uh, until next time, this is Chris McBrien for Yance Eaton saying thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thank you for listening to the Pop Goes Your World podcast. Continue the conversation on Twitter at C McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. Music